This episode of the Foul Life Podcast is brought to you by Securit Gun Safes. The gun safe industry has lost touch with what owners really need, but Securit is changing the game. Their products meet the highest industry standards and are trusted by law enforcement agencies, military personnel, and gun owners across the country. What sets Securit apart is the focus on customization and adaptability. The Cradle Grid technology allows you to customize the layout of your gun safe to fit your specific firearms, and the modular design lets you add or remove components as your needs change. And the best part? Securit offers a variety of gun safes to choose from so you can find the perfect fit for your collection. Whether you need a compact hidden gun safe for your bedside or a large gun cabinet to store your entire collection, Securit has you covered. Securit's Fastbox hidden gun safes are designed for quick and easy access and can be mounted in a variety of locations for maximum flexibility. And unlike traditional gun safes that are heavy and difficult to move, these products are lightweight and easy to install. Don't settle for a one-size-fits-all gun safe that doesn't meet your needs. Head over to SecuritGunStorage.com to learn more and to order your own in innovative gun storage solutions today. Where's, whose camp is that? I'm uh, my buddy Peter also I, I deer hunt with out in Kansas all the time. He, he, uh, he's got a place out here. This is where he's from. So we come here, out here every year for opening week. Any luck today? Not today, man. We got, we killed two yesterday, but uh, it was, today was a, a, a hand up turkey fest so it's too early we literally yeah i know we literally just we're still hunting so we came in here to do this and then we're gonna keep rolling what do you mean keep rolling it's like uh 12 30 there you hunt turkeys at 12 30 in the afternoon is that is that coach oh, yeah really oh yeah we, we'll go till dark man so you hunt all day oh yeah well wh- aren't you just annoying them if you're trying to cut one up this time of day aren't they trying to nap well, I don't. I know Drake is. He runs with me. I, I know him more than anybody. I think having to go all day. So, <laughs> so you have a lot of midday success on turkeys, Philip. Man, I do. I. I mean, I was off the roost. Obviously, is textbook what you want, but I will say less than ten percent of the turkeys we kill is off the roost. And uh, like yesterday, for example, we we ended up we kill one about ten o'clock and then kill another one about eleven o'clock. So we were getting on up to the middle of the day portion, and, and we were on turkeys you know yesterday afternoon till till roost almost that's my absolute favorite is you mentioned textbook roost like i i personally and you're way more of a turkey authority than me so please audience don't listen to what i'm saying here but my preference is that 10 o'clock to one o'clock time frame of they get down doing their business on the first hint of the day eat the bugs they want out in the fields whatever they're doing and it's almost like the mindset is they're going back to get in a cool spot in the shade and nap and hang out until they go, you know, out and, and maybe strut a little bit in the afternoon before they fly back up in the tree and you cut one and they're like, oh man, I might get lucky twice today. That's kind of like what, that's what my mind's telling me when I'm hunting. That's my favorite thing about turkey hunting is that 10 to one time that you're describing that you had success with yesterday in Mississippi. It's almost like, it's just like, oh, you're going to get a real aggressive turkey because he's, he's, he's like, oh man, I might get lucky again today. Well, there ain't no doubt. And even, I mean, obviously we always are normally, you know, with us filming, we got somebody with us. It's very, very rare that I ever go to the woods by myself, but we obviously always go in the mornings because that's when your most goblins going to be traditionally on the roost. Once they fly down, they get quiet sometimes, but a lot of times we'll go back and get something to eat. You know, if we got a little electric buggy to where then if we got enough property, we'll just go cruise through and just, you know, cut up, have a good time. Obviously, we're trying to find a turkey when we get down to business. But to me, that's some of the best times, especially when you take somebody for the first time or somebody you don't know. You can get to know somebody just, you know, explaining what we're doing and cruising. And you can cover property and yelp and trying to strike one up because if you do get one struck up middle of the day, you know, there's, there's a good chance you can do something with him. So I, I, I love the, the middle of the days and early afternoons. So what about that time frame of like maybe 2 o'clock to 4? 435 to where starts you know sun's starting to go down and the roost is getting ready to happen is it possible to strike one up and kill them on their way to the roost oh yeah i I think definitely i mean and that's the cool thing that i love about turkeys is is, i mean not to upset anybody but they're a lot like women you don't know what every every one of them is different you don't know what you're going to get what mood (laughs) be in so it'll it'll be it'll be it's it's literally you know i've 
I can remember years ago, my cousin, we literally, we killed a turkey. It, he was, he was going to roost about to fly out to roost and it was almost dark. And so, you know, I, and I, we try to just through scouting and stuff, have our spots where we're going to go try to maybe have a chance at one if they're going to roost, but try to at least be in position to where we know where one's roosted for the next morning. But I mean, you know, especially when they're really searching, these hens start setting a little bit and they're looking for hens. I mean, you can literally kill them all day long. If, if it's just a matter of finding the right one that the trip is triggering, get it done. I mean, here it's still early here, but I mean, it seems like you really got to get pretty tight on them to make them do something. And, and uh, it's, that's tough anyways, turkey hunt, but especially right now with no leaves on the trees, it makes it super tough. But I mean, you know, you play the train and, and do what you can to try to get one struck up, but they're definitely killable. It's just not, it's not prime right now. What makes it prime? When, when, when can you tell it's going to be prime? And let's say that area that you're at at your buddy's camp right now, what would make it prime if it's not right now? Well, I mean, I think you get a little more foliage on the trees where you can move around because these big hardwoods down here in Mississippi, you can see so far, um, not only obviously getting from point A to point B, turkey's not seeing you, but just when you're working a bird calling them in, they can't see so good. Obviously, you want them to have to be able to get to you, but they want them to be able to come looking for you too. But, you know, once you start seeing some of these hens by themselves and and they're because they're still grouped up pretty good right now, and, and obviously that's a battle in itself fighting with hens, but once you start seeing them breaking up by themselves a little bit, you know, they're going all sitting on their nest. And once they start sitting on nest, that's when the turkeys really get vulnerable because they're looking for another hand. And that's when you can really kind of trip or trigger and get them killed. Do, do most turkey hunters that have a lot of success, you know, a lot of great turkey hunters. Um, do they have the same mindset that do they hunt all day? Does, does Eddie Salter hunt all day? Does Michael Waddell, I know there's a lot of great turkey hunters. I'm just naming the ones that people might recognize right. the name. Um, do these guys hunt all day or is Waddell playing with pecans by 10 a.m. and he's, <laughs> he's out of the woods? No, I mean, I think if he gets permission to, yeah, he'll hunt all day if he can. And, and again, you know, I think the, the, that that mindset of, of regardless of, of what you consider yourself calling or, or, you know, tactical wise of hunting that mindset of like, I, I'd never, obviously there's a few times we go out and like, Hey, we're going to have an all day or here. Let's get ready. But the mindset of when you get in a situation of having no quit in you to where a lot of times we do end up hunting all day or, or uh, till lunch or one o'clock from the morning from daylight is you never foresee it, but you got that mindset of just don't quit. And, the, and before you know it, you look down and you're like, crap, it's one o'clock, you know? So, I mean, I think just having that no quit attitude is what kills a lot of turkeys more than the, the, the calling or the tacticalness of it, because, you know, you know, my old saying is unless you see them fly off, you better, you better see, presume he's there and there's one behind every tree, you know, because again, that's the, that's the great thing about turkey hunting. It is, it can be predictable at times, but you may have 10 of them in a row kicking in the teeth and then you find one that's a kamikaze. He'll come run you over. So that's the cool thing about turkey hunting is you don't ever know. So, Besides the no-no of ever shooting at a turkey in a tree, is there any others that you do abide by, or is it all things go to kill a turkey? Is it fanning, calling, uh, box calls, pot calls, mouth calls? Is it um, this reaping? Do you reap, or is that like is that like looked down upon? Because I did it one time in Kentucky. I mentioned to you before on one of our podcasts, Philip Culpepper, where when I got back to camp and I was all excited, I'm this kid from out west, and they're like, "What'd you do?" And I'm like, "Uh oh!" And they did not like it. They did not <laughs> like that I did that. So, like, do people look down on reaping? Still, is it unethical to reap a turkey and crawl up behind a fan? You see it done all the time. Is it dangerous? First of all, there's some some safety implications. You got to know where you're at. Private property. Make sure you're not anywhere where somebody can see you with a rifle. If somebody's going to outlaw a turkey, like I'm sure has been done. Um, but besides that, is it all systems go, Philip Culpepper, to get a turkey dead? Do you do you, or do you like to be traditional? I'm I'm more of a um, obviously safety aspect is there, but once you clear that uh, waiver, I'm more of if we have two tags, you use every legal method you can to get two turkeys killed. Um, because again, we're out here hunting, and, and again, I get you know if you want to call it attacked or opinionated all the time on the fan and stuff and everything, and, and again, that's just another tool in the belt in my opinion because you know it's no different than using a seat cushion sitting on a food plot all day waiting on one to come to a clover plot 
if it's I, I use every method I can to try to get a turkey killed. Um, and again, you know, obviously a lot of people I think hide behind this the 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 haters of the fan of of the uh, population. The population's out of whack because everybody's fanning turkeys. You know, well, again, that goes back to the states. If that's the case, then we don't need it with the, the the bag limits are too high. Um, but me personally, if I'm taking somebody or, um, you know, I'm going myself, I'm probably a little more lax, I guess, myself because I, I'm very blessed to be able to get to do it almost every single day of the spring to where if I do go myself, it's not that I don't want to kill a turkey. I just sometimes I kick it out of gear a little bit just to relax and take a breather if I ever am by myself. But when we're taking somebody, um, I've never met anybody at 4.30 in the morning drinking a cup of coffee and they say, hey, we don't have to kill one today. Let's just, you know, let's we, we can just let one go by if we want to. I, I mean, our, again, I respect the wild turkey and I love the wild turkey, but our mission when we're out there is to fill a tag and, you know, and, and high, high five over turkey breast at night. So if it's a legal method of taking them, I, you know, you be your own judge how you want to hunt. Just keep it legal and stay within a bag limit. Paint your perfect hunt, Philip Culpepper. Uh, if it's – it could be you and a buddy, you and a guy that, that you've been hunting with, or it could be a newbie, but is it that 10 o'clock strike him, start, you know, walking fast, you're, 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 you're almost hyperventilating because your heart rate's up because you're so fired up that that turkey gobbled in the middle of the day and you're trying to cut some distance between him and him, him and you, you stop, you cut him again. Oh, he's getting closer. We got to sit down. Is it that style or paint your perfect hunt for me um, of the springtime? I d definitely run and gun, and I love to run and gun trying to strike a turkey and, and almost, you know, you, you you feel like you created something out of nothing when you go and go and go and, and you don't hear a turkey and then you get one and he's just fired up coming and you know whether it's the hardwoods, whether you got a hardwood knob in front of you to where you know once you see him, he's going to be within shotgun range and you can get him killed. Or if you see him and, you, and, you, and the way he's walking – not necessarily just running there on you. You might even have a decoy out, but he's committed. You know he's committed. You can hear him spitting and drumming, and he's coming. To me, that's the adrenaline rush, and you got him convinced. He's sitting there gobbling at you, and he thinks you're a hen, and you're knowing, okay, he's in here now. I, I can get him killed. To me, that's the adrenaline rush of striking one up and just calling him to the gun barrel. That's I love that part of it. If you had to pick your tag team, you're in, the, you're in, the, in a title fight of turkey hunters, I don't want to put money on it, but I want to put you guys, this team is going to be the Mount Rushmore of turkey hunting. It's going to actually be carved in some rocks in the mountains down in the south. I don't know which range. I don't know which range. The probably, Smokies. Probably some, probably some pine trees. <laughs> some, we'll put them inside some pine Yeah, trees. we'll carve them in some pine trees. Um, who, who do you pick on your team? How, what's, the, what's the team limit? Uh, I'm going to say four. You plus three more because Mount Rushmore has got four heads on it. Okay. Well, I mean – the two are off the bat that I know that I work that I've been fortunate enough to hunt with and and you know I I look up to in the turkey world is Michael Waddell, Nate Hosey. You know, those are the two guys that that I know it's just a a, a fluid transition of somebody, you know, you almost know what they're thinking to where you don't have to worry about, you know, what they're doing or hey, what do we do? It's like you almost play off each other, you know. And then my other my other, you know, my idol, all time idol turkey hunt will be Eddie Salter. So, I mean, um, you know, that would be, to me, if you had said, look, we're unbeatable, if you had the IROC team, that would be it. Wow, that is a good team. So, what makes Michael Waddell a good turkey hunter? Michael is – is uh, he's he's aggressive, very aggressive. Um, obviously, he's evolved. You know, I, I think anybody that, say, pays attention and, and wants to grow, every time you go in the woods, you evolve and become better, figure out where you got beat. And – um Michael, I think, has done an, an, an insanely good job of that and, and still owning it and figuring out, you know, he's an incredible caller, um, a great woodsman. So, I mean, and, but, again, Michael is to, – to there's a time where, where you don't throw caution to the wind on that, but there's a time you've got to get aggressive and, and in the back of your mind be willing to blow it all for sometimes to get the money shot. So, I mean, and Michael's got that in him, and I've seen it time and time again. And, again, he's rubbed off on me tremendously on and when it comes to turkey hunting just because I was fortunate enough in the early days of road trips to be able to – when I was logging footage and, and stuff before I ever really even traveled was just seeing the – scenarios how they played out and how they didn't play out and being able to backlog all that for to where i could use it almost whenever i went in the woods so 
Um, you know, I've learned a lot from Michael. And again, I think Michael will tell you this if he was right here. He he's learned a lot from the people he was around, the Eddie Salters, the, you know, Paul Buskies, all of them guys he idolized growing up to where, you know, you, you take all them 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 little trips, tricks and tools they give you and put them in a bag and, and you know, and you and you shuffle them up how you want to and use them. It's just a matter of us keeping keeping hold of them and using them. What makes Nate Hosey a great turkey hunter? Because I when I see some of Nate's footage, I'm like, man, that dude, he can hunt. He can, he gets turkeys, he gets turkeys and tight Nate, and he gets them over his shoulder with the camera. Like Nate gets some. Nate, sick- Nate's probably one of the most, I would say the most modern day, um, the almost the modern day David Blanton of the era, as far as of like, Cause I'm, I'm more of like, you strike a turkey, like, look, sit here. We'll kill him right here. Just if he comes up killing Nate plans it out. And like, he, he, he does a great job with the camera figuring out how to get that shot and stuff for video to where I get a little too much tunnel vision. I'm like, well, video second, if we get him on video, great, but let's just get him killed, you know? And so, but Nate is, Nate's a great turkey hunter. He moves, he's, Nate's aggressive. He, he runs and guns. He, he, you know, I think that's one thing about Nate. Sometimes they don't show you, you don't see much on Nate is how aggressive he is. Um, and he'll push the limits on him. Nate's a great caller. You know, he's got that real kind of that nasally hen sound to him to where, you know, you know, it drives turkeys crazy. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he grew up in, in Pennsylvania, kind of the, the Mecca of where all the turkey callers came from to where, you know, everybody up there hunts and turkey hunts to where if you only got a couple tags, you know, you're taking a buddy and you're in the woods, you know, almost every day of the spring. So, I mean, Nate's, you know, and Nate's like a brother. I love Nate to death, and he's you know I'd share the woods with him any day of the week. And why um, do you look up? I got two more questions about individuals. Why did you look up to Eddie Salter so much? What what made Eddie special besides his presence on camera? But I'm sure you've hunted with him. You've been in camp with him. What makes him a good turkey hunter? And why does the great Philip Culpepper look up to him so much? Well. Eddie, I can remember <coughs> growing up, Eddie, before, you know, I ever was at Realtree or anything, my dad had VHS tapes of, of Eddie, Eddie Salter and Ben Lee, and uh, I always watched them. But back then, that was, you know, Realtree had, you know, all sorts of spring out, but there wasn't much to watch. But I remember these were the old school stuff, even to my dad, to where watching it, and I remember, like, golly, man, he's obviously, Eddie's a tremendously, a world-class caller. Um, but, you know, Eddie, and Eddie's, I think Eddie's, a he's, He's not as aggressive as he once was, but I remember when the first time I ever went and filmed for uh, road trips, Eddie was in camp and down there. I just remember thinking how nice of a guy Eddie was, that Southern hospitality, just to, I mean, nice guy on the videos, but 10 times that nice in person. And I remember we hit it off and I got to spend some time with him and, and uh, travel the country with him one year turkey hunting and just, just the tips and stuff. He taught me even from the calling side of, of, of what I would think growing up reading a book of like, man, you're not supposed to do that. But, you know, Eddie would, Eddie was like, well, man, you, you know, you, sometimes you got to get frustrated if you're a hen. And, and he kind of put that hen mentality in you to think like a turkey. And, um, cause heck, Eddie is part turkey. So, I mean, I mean, he grew up with him. So I, I don't know. Eddie just is, is I've always respected Eddie and, and just as what he's done in the turkey was, but even more so, you know, as an individual. When you referenced, and compared Nate Hosey as a modern day David Blanton. I thought you were going to say somebody else for sure. So the great David Blanton of Realtree, um, just one of the sweetest man. I wish I could be sweet like that. I guess, I guess I wish I grew up in the South, Philip. I guess, I guess I just wish I was Southern and, uh, I don't know. They might would kick you out of the South. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. They, they keep, they keep trying to adopt me down there these days, bub, which I haven't got an invite from you or Waddell on a Turkey hunt. So I guess that's a we pretty good sign. To, we, we still got to <laughs> do a Turkey hunt. We've been talking about it for two years. I want to, dude, I get, um, before you go on with the Blanton comment, I get so jacked up watching you and Waddell and Hosey. You named two of my guys. Obviously, you would be my other three if I get to pick. Um, of like, we're going to get into Hunt Club and what you're doing on YouTube. But I got a I got a uh, text. I don't have my phone on me because my assistant's trying to figure out this new app or whatever. But I got a text day before yesterday um, from a guy in Nashville. Um, he's probably f- almost. 45, 50 years old, somewhere in there, our age. You're not, how old are you, Philip? 37. Okay, so you're, 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 you're 10 years younger than we are. So, um, but his exact words were like, man, this 
Culpepper is a turkey killing mofo exclamation point. This S H I T that he's putting up on YouTube is next level S H I T exclamation point. And I just wrote back, yes, he's the best. And this guy's all jacked up, right? And he's like, man, I can't wait to get in the woods. Tennessee pushed back their opener too late. I'm ready to go now. I'm getting a Mississippi ASAP. But that's what you're doing to people, man. You're when you and Hosey and what Waddell does, I hope y'all understand. And I know people walk up to y'all at NWTF and you get pictures and autographs and all that stuff and I know that a lot of that's just you do it for the fans but what really means something to y'all is that you really are touching people in a way that they're excited about being in the woods they're excited to become a better what you describe as a woodsman they want to get that nasally hen sound on a diaphragm call that Nate Hosey that you just described Nate Hosey getting they want to sound like you and Waddell they want to look back at the camera and pump their fists like Michael does that's made him so famous in the hunting world and on TV right like that's what made Michael famous is that it didn't matter if it was a 135 or a 180 or a or a or a, a, a eight inch beard or a 13 inch beard with inch and a half hooks or three quarter inch hooks he always made it a about the experience and about touching people. And that's what Hunt Club TV is doing now. So I hope you understand that what you're doing is badass. I saw a picture of you and your team sitting on these lawn chairs under these trees. And it said something like, it's almost time. And I was like, man, that's arrogant as shit, but it's awesome. It's like, man, it's like Southern, but it's like Southern pride, Southern, like you guys are, it's like gang sitting there ready to roll. So uh, congratulations on what you're doing with Hunt Club. You're making people want to be a part of that Hunt Club, man. And that's what your goal was, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, no, well, thank you for the kind words. And, and like I said, tell your buddy, thank you for tuning in and watching. And, and again, I, I, you know, it, it kind of it circles back to some of the fan and stuff, you know, and I, I, I talked, talked a lot of Michael about just different things in life, but this had come up was just, you know, we are, we're super blessed to be able to do it, to be able to go out and say it's a job to go try to kill a turkey or call up a turkey to where, you know, I do, you know, in, in a sense, we're it is our job to figure out what tricks and tactics work to where if you got somebody that's, that's working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week and they get two hours on a Saturday and maybe an hour on Sunday morning to go hunt, what can they have? What helps them go kill a turkey? You know, and, and they shouldn't, and they damn sure shouldn't be ashamed of it, of like, well, man, I shouldn't do this because, God, this is what all the purists say you're not supposed to do. If it's a legal tactic doing it, and and they get their high off off two minutes or, t- or two hours of the day they, of Saturday. They've been working all week, and they can go hunt and they can kill a turkey and be successful. That's what it's about. And I do feel like it is part of our job to figure out what does and doesn't work, just to highlight it, to show it. And that's why I've always and will never shy away from showing the good, the bad, and the ugly on things, whether it's a failure or whether it's it, it works or whether it's, it's you may open a door to something that you didn't realize exists because. You know, and I and it's humbling to, to to hear you say that to where it does it does touch people and and people kind of see that and it gets them hyped up because I mean that's if we're not doing it for that what are we doing it for like if we're not if we're not sharing the passion of being out there hunting I mean why why are we why why spend all the time to not try to show that to get other people into it to where I hope somebody would see it and be like man you know what I may try it I may try it to get somebody into the sport that's that's my goal and is just to grow it. And just to show how much fun it can be, it's not all about, you know, being mean mugging and doing push-ups. It actually is something fun to do. People will try to do it, you know. And I don't ever want to or to to make it come across as something like it's well, you got to be some big badass to do this to do it how we do it because you don't. We can cut up and tell jokes and have fun and still strike a turkey and get him call him to the gun barrel and get him killed. It, that don't mean we were studying a map for eight hours and, and, you know, had to walk 16 miles to get it done. I mean, you know, anybody can do it that, and that's the fun part about it. I had the, I had the great Ted Nugent on the podcast yesterday and oh, what we talked about with uncle Ted, well, you really, you're going to go down and rank us going from him. To <laughs> no, me, shit, so. no. He, that was his ninth time on the podcast. And he was on one yesterday, Philip. When I mean, he was on one, he was on one and it was awesome. But one thing that we made clear on this episode yesterday, Philip Culpepper is exactly what you're kind of touching on with, with um, what you said a little bit earlier in our conversation about the hate mail and, and, um, what I describe as infighting and Waddell talks about this. And I always refer to Waddell because you know, my admiration for the man. He's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. I, it was an honor to give him an award uh, the other night with you in the room uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. But what, but what really needs to happen is the infighting needs to stop. If we go to Kansas and we show a duck hunt in its glory, whether it's a cornfield of standing corn, uh, uh, 
uh, you know, standing corn, dry corn, or whether it's on the Arkansas River in southern Kansas, and we get the mallards to do it right, right? I wish everybody right. understood that we worked really hard to get there and that what we're trying to do is show people like this is the majesty of hunting, whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly, the letdowns, the, the, the ebb and flows, the road bumps, the speed bumps that come into it. We want to show it all. We're not trying to show you like, hey, man, look at us. We get to hunt wherever we want. No, we're very blessed and lucky to be able to do so. A lot of hard work went into getting where Michael Waddell and David Blanton and Bill Jordan and Tyler Jordan, and you and it's Nate Hosey and 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 and. All of the guys that are trying to bring people into this, because if we don't get new blood into it, Philip Culpepper, the people that really hate hunting are going to win. The people that are in hunting should stop hating on other people that love oh, hunting. Yeah. And, and even that, you get a few that are on the fence. Who wants to be a part of a, 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 a bunch of people just slamming other people? It's like, man, it's like my biggest thing was like, I've always from day one said, look, hunt how you want to hunt, but, but take the energy, the energy taken and it's not that I can't handle it. I personally, I, the people who can't stand me, I could care less. It doesn't, I don't lose sleep at night because of that. I do it for the people who are, who are call themselves hunters and aren't judging somebody else, but take half that energy. If you want to do it, that all this, of this hate going around and go get somebody into the woods and teach them how to hunt, how you want to hunt. It's like, I mean, I've had several things on Instagram and, and cause obviously you got keyboard warriors now to where it's ironic because you get all that stuff stacked up and the NWTF, the biggest Turkey can, you know, get together a, a celebration of Turkey hunters in the world. And then not, not one comes by the booth saying, <laughs> Hey man, I have a problem with fan. I was like, if you want to talk, well, I'd, I'll talk to you about it face to face. But it's just ironic for me that there's so much hate out there, but not one came by to see, see us to say, Hey man, I don't like what you're doing, you know? So, but my thing is, is I, it's like, I told a guy the other day, cause I don't get into a, a pissing match with, with most people about it. I mean, but I'm like, man, look, I don't care how you hunt. That's that is on you. Just keep it legal. And I'm not, I'm not asking you to put me on a pedestal for how I hunt. I, I do what it takes to get it done and keep it legal and try to show it to have a good time and get whoever I'm with a bird. But I was like, just show a picture of you having a bird being successful. I'll be happy for you. There, there is no, there, where this holier than thou purest nation came from to where there's all of a sudden where the election was held that passed, that they elected these officials to, they, they were the ones to judge how Turkey hunting should be done. I don't know where I was when that happened. You didn't get to vote. I mean, you didn't No, I didn't get to vote on, but I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's like, the mindset which I've never understood hate mail. So I don't know. I, I've never figured out the days when people would sit down and take time out of their day to go write something hating on somebody, but still it's like, you know, I had some guy call said, tell me I was a, a, a bastardization of the sport and that I was another guy said that what I do is a slap in the face of God. And it's just like, where all this comes from. I'm like, go get, use that. You got energy for something. So go use it to get somebody into the, into Turkey hunting that never has been in the sport. Cause we got to grow it. Yeah. And anybody that's on the fence about getting into this, who the hell would want to get involved with something that they see their own kind beating each other up. I mean, you know, back to my point where if you got Bobby who, who has to work 80 hours a week and then he gets the chance to go for two hours, he should never be ashamed to show a Turkey a fan no. to go get it, to get a Turkey killed. But it's like, that's what, that's what it's, that's what it's come to, and it's and it's and it's pitiful. Do you think that the people that are writing that hate mail are are they admitting it, that they're hunters in the first place? Are they actually hunters that say that you're not doing it right and that you're the bastardization and that it's a slap in the face to God that you're fanning a turkey? Is that what they're trying to get across? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I think these are guys that are hunters, and they they they're 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 mesmerized in this, you know not fair isn't it crazy that you and again, and again my biggest thing with most of these guys that that, that burns me, if that's their opinion that's their opinion I, that's fine you know it's it's like shooting a turkey out of a ground blind or shooting turkey with a bow that's the difference is i i don't i do not care to do that i'm not a fan of that but i don't hate people who do it i don't like i don't like man god you're what a what a cheapskate you're gonna go put a, a ground blind on as a food plot what a what a golly you ought to just you're going to hell like I like that. That's never even crossed my mind. But I mean, these guys that are the majority of them, though the, the recent ones have come out and they're behind this. You're the reason for the 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 population decline. People like you're teaching people to fan turkeys, and that's why we don't have any turkeys. I'm like, well, then we got a limit issue. If you can shoot them out of a hel helicopter, if the limit's four, then the limit's four. I mean, you know, it don't. It you know, that's 
that's what burns me up a little more than any of it is, is they're hiding behind this. Well, y'all are the reason people like you are the reason we don't have turkeys in certain places, which is like, was complete bull, you know? So I, I don't, I don't know that this, I don't address a lot of it because I don't even waste my time. You keep, people who have time to write hay mail and say you're a bastardization to a sport and you're slapping the face of God, there's not a whole lot of reason in there. So, I mean, it's like, I would, I would, I, I would know. bet money that if I'm a betting man, that if a guy like you can sit on a podcast like this and say that you want to get new people involved and that you don't care how other people hunt, you're not going to judge people. And then the last thing that you want is for somebody to ever put you on a pedestal. Um, it's kind of it's kind of scary and crazy a little bit that the jealousy and envy because that's what it comes down to and it it sucks to say but it's the biggest teardown of any relationship or friendship or potential friendship in the world they would love to do what you're doing now I'm not just taking it for granted and assuming this okay I'm not saying that every single human out there would love to have Philip Culpepper's life um as a professional hunter that gets to hunt for a living that gets paid to go out and hunt and then gets, what are you doing here in Nashville? Oh, I'm working. What are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm going to this, this, this dinner tonight for NWTF and I'm working this booth. Yeah. It's a great lifestyle. Who the heck wouldn't want it? Who the heck wouldn't want it? But you're sitting here promoting and protecting and helping and making sure that the Bobbies that work 80 hours a week that don't have but two or three hours on a weekend to hunt, maybe with their kids, maybe with their uncle or their grandpa, you're sitting here telling them how awesome they are and that it's great that they're out there doing it. And the same guys are turning around and tearing you down. It's because they're jealous. That's all I can allude to. That's There's just no other thing in the world that can make somebody actually get on a keyboard, hide behind a fake name and go, you suck. I hope that you die tomorrow because you found that turkey. That's just the crazy mindset to me, but it happens. And that's why I've never understood hate mail. And I've always just said, they got to be jealous. It's got to be jealous. So, no, I, yeah, and, and it could be, you know, like I said, and that's why I don't even, you know, hearing the stories, like you say, your buddy, if something we're doing gets them fired up or if it, you know, whether it's a message or seeing somebody shaking their hand and saying, man, that you did this thing and it, and it helped me kill a turkey, that that's the reason I'm in it. And obviously the high of turkey hunting and, and hunting in general, I mean, that that's why I do it. But to be able to promote that lifestyle and, um, you know, if it gets somebody into turkey hunting who, who doesn't play sports or doesn't do something to get some out of making a bad decision. I mean, cause it truly is when, when you, it's, you know, you know, it's hunting. I mean, you, it's, it turns into a lifestyle. So, I mean, it literally can save somebody's life. So, I mean, if, if, you know, if it does that or, or makes somebody have, sit down and have family time to be able to watch a bunch of people turkey hunting and stuff. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. That is, it's a lot bigger picture than what people realize, you know? And, and I think it's, I don't know, just, to slam, regardless of what it is, just because somebody doesn't do it how you want to do it, you want to slam them and talk down on another human being, regardless to me is mind boggling. So Crazy. I'll never be able to read or understand that. You know, I've even seen it now as we get into the more of the cooking part of wild game. And I, I got haters coming on saying, how dare <laughs> you take the skin off of that duck? And I'm like, or how dare you just breast out a duck? And I'm like, we kill a lot of ducks legally. We travel from state to state. We don't cook them all the exact same. Why don't you cook your duck the way you want? And I'm going to cook my duck the way I want. You don't know that I didn't take that fat and render it down. And it's in a freaking little, uh, little, uh, a little, uh, container in my freezer that I'm going to fry up some tater tots with, or some taco tortillas in a couple weeks. You don't know. You're just assuming. It's, just, it's amazing. Just pump the brakes. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it is. I don't, maybe there's a school for these kind of people. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, big, like a little boot camp they go to to be a to tie oh. hate the positive <laughs> aspects though um referring to nate hosey as the modern day david blanton like describe that to me i know how i know david and he's a stud but was this what you saw in him when you were logging footage back in the days of road trips and and monster bucks and everything is was david blanton that type of hunter is that who you're referring to that david blanton well, well, just I think David just is a sense of the video aspect. I mean, David's a great hunter. Don't get me wrong. Not even compared to him on the hunter side, but but the video side has always been keen to where it's you know, I think Nate takes a little more time and 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 the setup and 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 he plays it out in his mind to where even David has always been a turkey a fanatic for turkey filming filming turkeys and having the the perfect turkey hunt and you know and so Nate just reminds me of that of of the. You know, I'm jumping to the nearest tree where we can get closest to them. And they say, well, hey, man, let's just let it play out. Let's see if we can pull them up through here and do this. Or I'm like, man, 
which again, I'm from the South, you know, our turkeys are work a little bit different. My like, man, we need to kill them quick as we can, you know, and Nate, but Nate's just got that. He does, you know, Nate's a killer. Don't get me wrong. He, he's, he's a killer with the best of them, but he does have that little bit of patience in him to try to try to make the perfect hunt unfold. Is it 100% without a doubt, as you sit in the state of Mississippi, that just like in SEC football over the last decade, that Alabama is the king of the hardest turkeys to kill, to get close and kill, and Mississippi is number two? Is that kind of true? Is that is that Are they the top two states for the toughest turkeys in the country? Man, I, I still stand by. I know Georgia, Mississippi, and Alabama are the, are the George, toughest. Georgia's tough because I had a real easy hunt there last, two years ago. Well, that's what I'm saying by rule of thumb, but as far as it, it's a – you know, like yesterday, we killed two yesterday morning on different setups. So, I mean, it's just a matter of, of, of you getting in them and getting them right and when the timing's right. But, you know, as rule of thumb, if I had, like, they said, look, you got one turkey to kill this year. Where do you want to go? Anywhere you want to go, you can go where you want to go. Georgia, Mississippi, or Alabama wouldn't even be on the radar. I mean, just as far as if you had three days to go kill a turkey, that ain't going to be the spot I'd pick. I'd go to Kansas. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or somewhere out west, or you yeah. know Nebraska, something like that. To where I mean, again, it's just you know, was Florida was tough on us this year too. So I mean, uh, it's a it, you know, it can be good. There's always those pockets of few that two or three day windows where you can really you can stack them up and kill them. But you know, by rule of thumb, it's, it's generally pretty tough. Describe your first bird to me yesterday. How'd it go down? Man, it was we uh, not a we went in there and knew some we had heard a turkey in there the day before we were probably 600 yards from where we ended up killing this bird and uh went in there tried to get them roosted didn't hear heard the hands fly up not a gobble went in there 27 degrees yesterday morning went in there and uh not didn't hear a peep heard some hands and turkey not a turkey gobbled probably till hour and a half after daylight which is for me to have that kind of patience rare normally i'm on to the, to the next spot so we, we would completely we were just banking that turkey was in there somewhere, and they finally the hens got them going, and uh, they never would gobble good to a call till we kind of got in their bubble with them and finally hit them hard. And then once we got them cranked, they broke and came right to us. How- the one I killed, and then the other one, the other one we got going and had to work for him, and and he finally they come they fed up there to us, and he he walked out just enough on a logging road, and, and Matt, buddy, it was women he got him killed. So what it what was, is what do you consider the bubble how close did you have to get to those turkeys to get inside their bubble man, I don't, every turkey's different it's weird like some turkeys are or it's a when they're right you know it can be 400 yards and they'll come running to you but these turkeys i mean they we knew they had been holding they were holding up within about 150 yard circle because we had heard them from a distance and we kept getting closer and closer and closer and we could hear jake's caulking which they always jake's will do that a lot if you if a turkey's strutting they'll 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 caulk to them it's kind of like a deep throaty yelp, and uh, and we knew they were right there. And we set up. And I said, "Let's just let it play out." And we finally, once we got on the gobble one time, and just stayed on them, hit them pretty hard, and they broke and came right to us. Was it? Was it? When they break and they come to you, is it like you know you got them? Like you can tell by the way they're acting now that you're going to get them within gun range. Well, yeah, I mean, we knew like we I knew at that point whenever they're responding, they're cutting you off and, and they're obviously getting closer. You're like, look, we know they're, they're we know they're not just gobbling. They're, they're gobbling us and they're coming, you know, and then these southern turkeys, though, we had a little strutter decoy in the road. That's always a gamble. I mean, sometimes they come around the corner. They were probably 100 yards. They come around the corners like that. Sometimes they see it and they'll come. Sometimes they freak out and run off. So. Um, luckily these turkeys, he just slow strutted right down the road to 30 yards when we got him killed. When those, that first turkeys, that first set of toms, two of them come in. It was him and two Jakes. Him and yeah. two Jakes. One, one, yeah, one long beard and two Jakes. When you say they, when you say they broke off, Philip, do they break off a of hens? No, I think, I think there was a bigger flock down below them and they were kind of on the outskirts, kind of like a satellite bull, you know, elk hunting to where I don't think they were really in the flock. They were kind of on the outskirts and they just kind of, you know, whether he had, that turkey had been beat up and had run off the hens, and you know, I think they decided to kind of go their own way. And once we kept, you know, we got within 150 yards of them, they were around the bend in the road, just just tight enough on them to where you know they finally just said, "We're going to go this way," and they pulled right up there to us. Did you get excited on the first one? Oh, absolutely! I do every one. Oh, you yeah. love it that much, though. I, well, oh yeah. I mean, when you know they're coming, you know, my adrenaline's pumping, and it's like, okay, this is it. And then always in the back of my mind, once you get them in there, like, okay, don't screw this up. Don't miss. Because it's like it was just coming down the lane right to us. And and take out to 30 yards. And my thing is just don't – because I miss the fire out of turkeys. I miss – I'm bad about missing. So Are you really? I'm, 
Oh yeah, man. So I'll go through, I'll get my mind. Sometimes I'll miss four or five in a row. Do you not pattern and, your uh, gun? What is it? I do, man. I just get, I don't know if I pull off. I, I'm better on second shots than I am. I've killed more out of the air than I think I have. This come down the, <laughs> it come down the pipe sometimes. So it, uh, but no, it's good to, to get that first one under your belt. It's always good. So this time of year in that part of the country where they're still on the hens, but there might be a, like a satellite bull that's staying off of the flock, the major flock, um, what, what arsenal of decoys would you tell the hunter to bring with him or her when they get into the woods and let's say Mississippi, Alabama. So I'm going to be hunting Alabama in, in a week or so, I think a week, like April 1st or 2nd, somewhere yeah. there. So yeah, it comes in the 25th. Yeah. So. so right after that, I'll be down in Alabama. What, what decoys would you tell me to have readily available for me to use on that week of hunting? Man, I've always, I mean, normally just a hen and a jake is what I use. I mean, you know, if you wanted to be more aggressive, you can get a strutter-type decoy um, and put out there, you know. But typically, especially the problem right now, I, I see it. some of it is some of these turkeys, that are they're just breaking up to where, you know, some of them just got their butt whooped to where if they come around the corner and see a strutter decoy, they may freak out. So it's kind of a gamble to where I look, they don't want to get in another fight. But if you have a little more of a passive looking decoy like a jake you know just a three-quarter strut jake or something a lot of times that's a little more of a guarantee because some turkeys that you know just to get their tail whoop you know that, that they're, they're pretty timid you know um and, they're, and they're, sometimes they're real cautious so i would i would stick right now with just a hen and a jake and then you know like i said if, if you if you see one that's got hens or something you need to throw a, a, th a strutter decoy out there you know always have it with you you know if you need need it but the, i would say the, the foolproof right now is to be a hen and a jake on a, on the hen, should do you use the lay down hen ever? I man, I've never even used one. I I know David used one here recently, and Drake. He's from Iowa. They're big on that lay that laying down hen. But I've always just had either a feeding hen or just you know a standard hen. Yeah, that just something they can see. Because my biggest thing is give them a visual. You yeah, know? the lay down hen I think is a good finisher. Almost like when they get in there and they're in the strut zone, that it, it seems like from my experience, um, I've seen some pretty good finishing birds because of that lay down hen. They just well, and I think like I said, if you had you a Jake and one of those laying down hens, would probably be great. Yeah, the Drake, um, the, the the Jake is the visibility that brings them in. Right, and then once they get up, they're like, oh, I didn't even see her. Now it's on. Right, now it's exactly. now it's on. We're gonna whip his, you know what, and and take his girl. So, so when you guys killed those two turkeys, did you have enough energy to cook them, or is that today? I see some. I see no, some. I see some frying pans behind you. There's probably gonna be some grease oh, yeah. in there. We're probably gonna fry fry one of them up tonight. You know, because my that's my favorite to cut them up in little nuggets and and, and do turkey breast. We got one because we're coming back here next week, so we're gonna save one for then, and then we're gonna try to cook one up tonight. Do you um? Do you marinate them in pickle juice? I do pickle juice and ranch. You have to have pickle juice. What does the ranch do? It's I. Michael's the one who taught taught me that. He had talked to I think a guy, somebody that's got a restaurant. That's how he had he had done it. And it's I don't know the but like if I have time to do it, I've done it in just pickle juice before. But if I have time to do it, is is go to the store and get those buttermilk ranch packets and make like homemade buttermilk ranch. And marinate that in pickle juice. That's to me is when they're the best. So you, you use the you use the pickle juice to make the ranch with, or you'd make the ranch with some cream. No, I do. I do. I, I make the ranch the ranch completely separate, and then just make enough where you can have some dipping sauce too, obviously, and then marinate that, and just pour pickle juice in there and mix it up. So the the turkey's actually sitting in 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 homemade ranch from the packet, and then pickle homemade juice ranch. pickle juice all combined. Yep, I'll and just stir it up, and that's and if you if you let that set for a little while, it's good. And some I'll batter some of it. And some of it I just take where it's got ranch on it and just deep fry it like that. Hmm, I'm gonna try that. I wonder if it was Barrett Hobbs in Nashville um, that has this. I'm not sure who. I need to ask. Him. I just remember Michael trying it. It's been a few years ago, and he's like, "You got to try this." And ever since then, that's the only way I've ever cooked it. And I know he does his so like with some jalapeno juice sometimes, or or um, but and a lot of times he uses just pickle juice, but. Um, but but it's that I don't know I love which I love ranch anyway so it's kind of a win win situation. You don't put freaking pizza in ranch, do you, Cool Pepper? Oh wow! Well, oh, gosh, I mean, I don't hardly get I don't hardly go turkey hunting with a little pack of ranch in my vest. Wow, <laughs> really? You, you you do you do uh you I love you ranch. stay thin, but you don't eat very healthy, do you? I try to. I'm getting better. I try to eat grilled and try to eat. I just it slows me down, especially this time of year. Yeah, because the I'm, the meals that you show. Yeah, I can't be taking naps and stuff. I'm more of a supper eater. I'll snack or drink a protein shake during the day, and then then at nights when I 
I splurge and then go to bed. So what is the probably not the healthiest custom thing to do one, but I don't, it's worked so far. I mean, it's working. What is, what does the season look like from here? You got Mississippi and then where do you go? We're going to Mississippi. We're here, obviously Mississippi going home to hunt my buddy and his little girl this uh, weekend for the Alabama youth season. Then we're coming back to Mississippi. Um, then we go to South Georgia for the, for the youth there. Um, and then the, uh, we're going down to Florida to hunt for a week. And then from there, we're going to, uh, to Texas the first week of April. Um, and then after Texas, I believe we're going to be in Tennessee. Um, and then we'll be back in Georgia every week at something. And then from Georgia to, we'll go to Illinois and, and from Illinois to Iowa, Iowa to Wisconsin, and then from Wisconsin to Maine. So it'll be pretty steady. You got Maryland in there now too, right? Because yeah, and then we, yeah, and we're going to offer, and then on, on our way to Wisconsin in between or to Maine, we're going to do Maryland. And that was and probably do probably Pennsylvania and and um, and uh, North Carolina too. So man, it must be rough, dude. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> that was part of the Camel Space giveaway, right? The Maryland hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, and uh, we revealed the winner on that last night. So we're, we're excited about. It. It's going to be a fun time. It'll be a fun, fun few days of hunting there. It ought to be good too, because it'll be, it'll be. I've only been in Maryland like toward the end of the season, so that'll be kind of. I think we'll hit it pretty good that first week of May. Of, uh, May. Yeah, I've that. Uh, I've never turkey hunted in Maryland. I've goose hunted in Maryland. I've duck hunted in Maryland. I've crabbed in Maryland, and I've well, I've caught a lot of what they call rockfish up there, which is a striper, right? Okay. Yeah, boy, they eat good too. So that, is that is that that invasive species up there? No, no, it's it's okay. It's unreal. There's some other fish up there they got. They eat that them guys catch. They say they're great to eat. What do you think is the best eating North American fish? I'm going to give you three to choose from: walleye. You're, you're not okay. Okay, to choose from. I thought you wanted my opinion. Walleye, okay. brim, or crappie, or I'll just say a yellow or white perch too. I gave you four to choose from. Right, uh, is it any? Of, is it any of those? I, my personal, yeah. Man, I'm from Georgia. I'm a catfish guy. Oh my gosh, catfish over bluegill. <laughs> man, probably so. Man, I love whole cat now. I had some right before I came came up came over here, man. I love whole cat. There's some, some homemade coleslaw. What do you mean you had some before you came over there? Just now? There's a there's a little. Well, no, before I left Georgia to came out, we I went and ate. We, there's a little restaurant right there in town. We they have the best, you know. But it's got to be the whole cat. I don't like the fillets. It's got to be you. You break the tail off, eat the tail, and then you fillet them off the off the bone. Is it fried? Oh yeah. So it's deep fried. I'm sure it's, it's, sure it's very very unhealthy. Is it deep fried? It's deep fried, and it's the whole cat without the head on it. Without oh yeah, the whole cat without the head. Oh man, I've never seen that. It's a, oh, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, and put, you get your little homemade ranch and some and some coleslaw. Man, it's money. I got to come eat that with you. I want to go down there sometime. Oh, you need yeah, we need to do it. You need to come. You'll you'll be in a food coma. So we can promise me that we can go turkey hunting in the spring of twenty twenty four, a year from now. Let's do it. Where you want? You tell where do you want to go? Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. <laughs> Okay. Well, I've got I've got the place in Mississippi. I'm kidding. We can, I'm kidding. We can. You. you that, that's like going on a beat up tour there. If you hit those three, I know. That's like. Why did you come all the way out here? Um, it's Tyler Farr. Man, I like that new song he's got out. That's a good one. Oh, it's a good one. Isn't I it? like it. I love Tyler Farr's voice. You know, that's one career that I look at like music industry. Pull your head out of your butt and freaking get. I mean, this dude can sing the phone book. I mean, his number one oh, hits were amazing. Good, and, and, and he's just as good of a writer. Oh, so, man, I mean, he's amazing. He's got, I hope he gets back on top, man. I really do. Like, I, oh, I, do I too, love man. his he, stuff. I, it ain't, he, he's, he's burning <laughs> up the, that new tour he's on. He said they said about every night sold out. So they're, they're, they're burning it up. I hope, it, I hope it's kind of a jump start and they, and they get back to rolling because he uh, – well, in a selfish way for me, it helps me out if he stays busy in the spring because it's an extra place to turkey hunt. So he, 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 he'll stay away from home. Yeah, he'll, he'll quit killing them so you can get in there and slide yeah. in there. Man, I appreciate you coming on, brother. Yeah, buddy. I appreciate you having me, man. I'm, I thank you for working around the schedule and it being a midday uh, midday deal. So. Oh, I get it. Now, I'm, so you're literally going to close that laptop, put your boots back on, and back in the buggy. Yes, sir. I'm gonna go let my dog out, and when then we're we're gonna go get, get back in the woods. What kind of dog is it? Black lab. Had a baby. You're not even a duck hunter. No, I, I will see. I had. I've had. Uh, I, I got him trained. He just. I don't duck hunt enough. But I mean, he's he's way more of a. He's a. He's kind of a laid back. He's like an 85 year old man. So he's he's probably one of a kind. But he's he's a uh, he's a good one though. 
Well, let's trade off. Uh, you get in the woods with me one time, either this fall or next fall, whenever you got. I know you're you you're you. deer hunter, but let's get in the duck woods too. Oh, let's do hundred percent. I'd love to do it. That's Philip Culpepper Hunt Club. Where can they find you, Philip? Where are you at on Instagram? Buddy, at Culpepper Junior. and at Hunt Club TV, and then we got a YouTube channel, uh, Hunt Club with Philip Culpepper, and we're on the Realtree Three Sixty Five app. So. One of the sickest oh, logos cool. in the industry. He's wearing it on his hat right now. Whoever drew that, tell him. Was that your idea? Yeah, I had a yeah, I had a dream about it, and then we ended up drawing it up. I literally had turkey feet that I had that in my in my house, and I was sketching them out. I like the way he did it. It's cool. He got a he got a white tail antler on the left side of the of the H, and then a, a turkey foot on the bottom. Is that what it is, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I love that. Get y'all some Hunt oh. Club merch. Get part of the club. Hey, like I described that picture of Philip and all of his team under those trees. They look like a gang. They they're ready to roll. That's because <laughs> this is a gang. My my good friend Chris Aiken owns Web Foot Web Footed Kennels in Arkansas. I just he was on the podcast not too long ago. One of the most successful dog trainers in the history of dog training. And I asked Chris at fifty five years old. I said, Chris, you're fifty five. I remember when you won the ESPN Outdoor Games in 2003 with Boomer, one of the greatest dogs in the history of duck hunting, in my opinion. Um, do you still love it as much as you do? He says, brother, he says, here's the deal. Once you get in, it's like a gang. I was initiated and they ain't letting me out. He said, my clients won't let me out. The ducks won't let me out. The dogs won't let me out. He says, I'm in it for life. And he loves every single minute of it. So that's how you come across, Philip. You love every single minute of it. You got a hell, heck of a thing going on with Hunt Club TV, buddy. I'm proud to be your friend. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate everything. I thank you for all the support, man. It's an honor. Heck yeah, man. Get 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 involved with Hunt Club TV. Support him. He's the real deal. Chad Belding, the Foul Life Podcast. We'll have another episode coming up soon. Thank you all so much for listening. This is 2 a.m. Logic. The song is called My Foul Life. Oh,